Joe Biden is continuing to fill out his cabinet, and today he picked Pete Buttigieg to serve as Secretary of Transportation. It's exciting. Buttigieg will be the first transportation secretary whose feet don't even reach the pedals. Hey, now! <laughs> what a silly joke. Um, we got to play more of Tom Cruise yelling at people coming up in a little bit. That's been a hot story today. It's my cousin, I'm all... uh, uh, sorry. People love Tom Cruise yelling at, uh, at coworkers. It's a good story. Um, but we definitely want to get into this. So, so I got misled, I think, a couple of weeks ago talking to a, a lawyer on the air about the recall Gavin Newsom campaign. That's the governor of California who famously went out to eat at a fancy restaurant with no mask on and a whole bunch of different people when he's lecturing us all about the very same thing. Right. And how we can't, you can't possibly, mocking orders, follow the science. And I was all hot to trot for the recall thing because I thought, man, that is an impeachable offense. That is crossing the line in 50 different ways. As a leader, you just you you failed the leadership test doing that. He ought to be chucked for all sorts of good, sound political reasons. But often it's the symbolic thing that gets people's attention. That's fine. We talked to a lawyer on the air a couple of weeks ago, convinced me that was a bad idea. But the, the, the momentum is toward the recall campaign right now. With the AP having the headline, Recall Newsom Campaign Gaining Serious Momentum. Recall organizers say they've collected more than half the nearly million and a half signatures needed to place the recall on the ballot, and they have until mid-March to hit the required threshold plenty of time, I think. This is precisely the story I brought to you the other day. Randy Economy, a senior advisor to the recall effort, said there's a surge of hundreds of thousands of signatures and that they actually think they can get it across the line. So I want to, uh, you know, correct my trajectory, as I was convinced by somebody I thought knew more about it than I did. That it was the wrong direction to go. It still might not work. You have to get a hell of a lot of signatures. Oh, I was belittled for being uh, stupid enough to think it was a good idea. Oh, really? I felt I felt like I was. I felt like I was getting that. Is kind of funny, but no, that's that's not a good idea. And I was embarrassed that I even brought it up. Wow, how interesting. Um, and I I was hot to try. Now you're embarrassed that you're embarrassed. You should uh, yeah, be. Yeah, I spend a lot of time embarrassed, apparently. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, whether it will get enough signatures and those signatures will be verified because the rejecting signatures business is now become very, very aggressive and, and those who, you know, who can fix the system will. But so you got to get enough signatures to get it on the ballot and then you have to, uh, you know, get people to show up and vote to heave the guy out. And then, like the last time, you end up with 135 or 400 candidates, whatever it was. Well, from porn stars to Gary Coleman to Arnold to uh, you know, but unlike people. but unlike impeachment, you don't need to have a legal argument. You nope. don't you don't don't need to have something that you argue about whether or not that's a crime, misdemeanor, high crime, whatever. Mm. And a bunch of lawyers argue. Right. You just have to general people can just generally feel like I want somebody different. Right. And I think he failed the leadership test. To do something that egregious when the economy's that bad, when you've got millions of people out of work and struggling and, you know, wondering how they're going to buy their kids Christmas presents, and you go out to eat with a lobbyist at the most famous restaurant in America. Yeah. And, and then you add, and almost publicly, almost publicly, absolutely. And then you do it without a mask and with a bunch of people not from your household and you're lecturing about that. That just completely, that's a guy who's either, um, too stupid, which I don't think he is, or just so callous and cynical 
about his role. He should not have that job. I'm, I believe that wholeheartedly. I would go door to door to get signatures. I, I'm angered by the fact that he feels like he could do that. Right, right. It's, it's not the dining at the French laundry. It's the crushing people's livings arbitrarily and expressing virtually no sympathy for them or not really working to pass policies uh, that, that would ease the pain, not trusting America's clever business people to protect themselves, their customers, and their staff, but no, instead just crushing them with a stroke of his mighty pen, and then, then going out in his golden chariot and eating his $1,200 meal with a bunch of people with no masks. Yeah, it's just so incredibly egregious. Yeah, uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. Yeah, and then not always... that short. You know what? I've never fallen that short. In fact, I've never come within a thousand miles of falling that short. And then he's and always... I'm an a-hole. Ask anybody who knows me. Sean, feel free. To... <laughs> he's not lying. All right. There's some truth in it. And then, and then Newsom's always lecturing tone. Oh yes. Well, and you go ahead and relate to me because you know I got a terrible memory. When was that brilliant policy he passed, or that really stirring insight he shared with the people of Cal Unicornia, or when was he the the steady hand at the till during the storm? Go ahead and remind me of that. The guy's a mediocrity. I think I don't think he's nearly as bright as he seems. You know what we all fell for? I fell for. He he looks like he'd be competent and smart. Yeah, he's. He is, or at least was, handsome. Although every time I call him pretty, pretty Gavin Newsom, we get emails from women saying, dudes, heavy-duty, creepy vibe. Yeah, my wife, I said pretty Gavin Newsom. She said, what? Who thinks he's good-looking? I thought, okay, that's interesting. That's one where guys misread what women would find attractive. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the, the creepy vibe is so, it's like radioactivity or... You know, like a high-pitched noise. You, you can't... I mean, I could be listening to my favorite album all the time, but if there's... In the background, I can't enjoy it. Got to be a little vague on this story, but I swear to God, this is true. I was just involved in a, a, a commercial transaction that I thought was fine. And my daughter happened to be with us. She's 21. And... uh I commented on one of the people involved. I said, yeah, that guy's kind of quirky. And she goes, Dad, I'm getting a heavy, creepy vibe from this guy. Turns out he was crooked, completely crooked. Hmm. And, and uh, you know, I'd like to think I'm at least semi-sophisticated in the ways of business. Um, but it was a gut, call it female intuition, call it whatever you want. She got the creepy vibe. Turns out the guy's a creep, complete creep. So, yeah, gals, you have completely, you've converted me completely. But anyway, I bring that up to apologize for any momentum I slowed on the damn thing, because I, I know I certainly did, because I was convinced by somebody who very knew more about it than I did that it was a bad idea. We all make mistakes. But I'm on board now. Yeah. I'm absolutely on board. What can I do to help? You know, the only thing I would say to add on to this is that the odds, just the, purely the odds, are that this won't work, just because it's a really, it's a, it's a tough nut to crack. Hasn't it only happened a couple of times in the n- entire nation's history? It's very, very rare. The governors yeah. have been recalled? Well, uh, yeah, and you can get a recall going. Like Scott Walker, they try to recall him every six weeks up in uh, Wisconsin, beautiful uh, Wisconsin. Um, but it failed all the time. Um, so, it's again, it's a tough nut to crack, and I'm not telling you don't try. But, but if it doesn't work... For the love of where you live, Cal Unicornians, or wherever you live, got to focus on the election. 
after that. Because was it Neil Kashkari was one election ago in California, and he's an extremely sharp guy. I don't agree with him on everything, but he's uh, just a really, really bright and energetic guy. And and he lost to one of the recent just complete dipsticks who had a D next to their name. So you got to turn out. You got to you know raise money or go door to door, whatever. If it gets to the election, don't don't you know waste all your not waste. I'm sorry. Don't spend all of your electoral energy on a recall. The advantage to them is that turnout is usually very low. So there were some people arguing during impeachment. And I think I think Tim Sandifer did. Sorry, Tim, if I'm putting words in your mouth that aren't true. But I think he's one of the people that is arguing we should impeach people more often. He did say that. Yeah. Uh, uh, good. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that makes sense. Governors and presidents probably should be recalled more often, at least often enough that it's a serious threat. It happens so rarely now you can dismiss it. Yeah, it'd be an interesting experiment to observe. I, I think I agree. I think may- maybe just you don't want it to happen a lot, obviously. But the bar, that's that's unlikely because the bar is so difficult to cross. Mm-hmm. But it should be out there as a threat. Like, yeah, I can't coast for four years or six years or whatever position I'm in. Um, I got to still, you know, keep people happy with Got to produce. Yeah, the only danger, the only reason I got kind of a cloudy look on my face was that I could see the populist pandering getting even worse. Oh. Nobody would care about long-term fiscal discipline. Yeah, and that although, again... although, let me contradict myself. I'm, I'm thinking about the the recalls I've witnessed in a number of different states, and none of them were about that. They were about mismanagement or ideology in a broader way, not about, you haven't given me enough stuff. Populism is uh, is scary, though. Just the whim of people can get, they can, we can all get so worked up so fast over things, and then afterwards think, oh, we probably shouldn't have drowned those witches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> seemed like a great idea at the time. Probably aren't actually witches. I don't know what we were thinking. Yeah, I didn't actually see him cast any spells. I just said the girl over there said they did, and I I don't know. I was fired up. Wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. Anyway, no more witch burnings. But she's a witch. I take full responsibility for the burnings I took place. Let's not talk about this anymore. Right. Exactly. Move on with our lives. Pretend it didn't happen. Anyway, so anything I can do to help the recall the most powerful governor in the country. I will come on board. Former would-be alleged uh, hot prospect for the presidency. Bah! Oh, yeah, that's over. I think it's over. God, I would hope. Although... Uh, and we, uh, you know, we had an early dinner, but it didn't matter. Uh, no, no, it didn't matter. So why did you say it, you half-wit? The he, problem is... He's in his 50s. He's got a quarter of a century before he needs to run. <laughs> That's right. He's still hell. He's a kid. Um, the problem is that the Eastern media elite, they report on everything that's not in Manhattan or D.C. through this lens of kind of viewing it from a distance and asking their friends and just reporting it as fact. I remember when when that I almost said a, a swear and I'm sorry for even thinking of it when Arnold freaking Schwarzenegger was the governor of California and yes. he tried to take on the unions, but he overreached. He got beat down, and he just quit. He stopped trying completely. And the Eastern media was going on and on, fawning about the new post-partisan California. It was utterly fictional. 
Y'all who read that around the country, there was not a grain of truth to it. But it was the narrative that, that caught hold in the New York Times, Washington Post, all the alphabet networks and the rest of it. It was just horse crap. So, yeah, I, I don't think we can rule uh, Gavin Mussolini out for future presidential runs because the New York Times will cover for him. If you live in the state of California, the petition is at armstrongandgetty.com. This is Rod Stewart. Is that correct? Boss me a diamond ring for Christmas. Yep. And I feel like I'm in paradise. I like the uh, older boomer musicians who figured that if they put out a Christmas album or an album of uh, standards or something like that. Five albums of standards. They can just print money. (laughs) They can spend like an afternoon in the recording studio with zero thought. Or artistic uh, energy, and <laughs> just go out there and sing them. Some producer does all the backing tracks. You come in, and sing, bingo, bango, bongo. Uh, Plus, you're selling to the only market that still buys physical media at all. Who's got two thumbs and would do the same thing if he could? This guy. <laughs> yeah. So Amen I'm not, to that. I'm not criticizing it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. What do you want? I don't know what you want. What do you people? You 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 just you you, you want so much. <laughs> <laughs> It's never enough. It's never enough. Let's see, why did I print this out? Drinking hot chocolate makes you smarter. Got that story. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't? Uh, okay. Putting peppermint schnapps in it makes me care less. Makes you hotter. <laughs> um, uh, The Federal Trade Commission, along with attorneys general in 46 states, District of Columbia and Guam, announced that uh, lawsuit against Facebook last Wednesday. Their allegation that the company is illegally maintaining its personal social networking monopoly through years-long uh, course of anti-competitive conduct, um, etc. It's interesting to see how that will uh, play uh, play out. Um, the FTC. Oh yeah, okay. This is the same suit. Okay, it's just it phrases it a little differently. Meanwhile, this article I keep referencing from the Atlantic, I'm starting to comprehend it. This gal is a liberal, and she wants she wants Facebook to do uh, censorship that I have no interest in. But she her her title is Facebook is a doomsday machine, and she gives the the history of the doomsday machine, Jack, which I know you read about uh, a number of years ago, a couple of years ago. Is that the stuff from, from the Dead Hand? The book? Dead Hand. Yeah, it's basically the Soviet Union and the United States were set up in such a way that if they got wiped out, uh, the computers would go ahead and fire the missiles. And and wipe the other guy out. Yeah. So there could be no victory, thereby removing the incentive for victory, or, or to attack, rather. Um, the problem being, it was an automated response that was supposed to sniff out signs of an apocalypse, and no humans were required to manage it, and so everybody decided that was probably not a bad, uh, uh, probably not a good idea. Uh, the word for the scale of destruction the Doomsday Machine would unleash, which explains a heavy metal band named Megadeth, that's what they call it. So, so, but if you plugged into the Doomsday Machine, for instance, the fact that 
Kylie Jenner is the highest paid celebrity in the world, wouldn't it say, apocalypse is here, apocalypse is here. Right, it's time for the dead Fire hand. Fire the missiles. No, no doubt. Um, so uh, she says, I've been thinking for years about what would it would take to make the social web magical in all the right ways. Less extreme, less toxic, more true. And I only realized recently that I've been thinking far too narrowly about the problem. I've long wanted Mark Zuckerberg to admit that Facebook is a media company, take responsibility, etc. In recent years, as Facebook's mistakes have compounded and its reputation is tanked, it's become clear that negligence is only part of the problem. No one, and not even Mark Zuckerberg, can control the product he made. I've come to realize that Facebook is not a media company. It's the doomsday machine. The social web is doing exactly what it was built for. Facebook does not exist to seek truth and report it or to improve civic health or to hold the powerful to account or to represent the interests of its users, though these phenomenon may occasionally be byproducts of existence. The company's early mission was to give people the power to share and make the world more open and connected. Instead, it took the concept of community and sapped it of all of its moral meaning. Oh, that's good and true. Uh, spreading disinformation, etc. Facebook, I like this sentence, Facebook is an agent of government propaganda, targeted harassment, terrorist recruitment, emotional manipulation, and genocide. A world historic weapon that lives not underground, but in a Disneyland-inspired campus in Menlo Park, California. That's, I, I got no, no, no disagreement with all that, that, that she just said. Yeah, there's there's more to it, too. This gal's uh, got both guns a-blazing. Well, that's interesting, and there's no stopping it. If you got rid of Facebook, there'd just be something different that does the same thing. If she's still alive and hasn't faced <laughs> the wrath of Mark. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Ooh, Merry Christmas, Christmas must come this time each year. Ooh, well, way up north where the air gets cold, there... You are the gold standard! You're back there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us! Because they believe in us and what we're doing! I'm on the phone with every studio at night! Insurance companies! Producers! And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies! We are creating thousands of jobs, you (laughs) No! An angry Tom Cruise there. If you'd like to zap that around to your friends, we have it for you in its entirety at armstrongandgetty.com. Also, our brand-new Gaffey Awards statuette. Thank you, uh, Nate, for making that for us. It's a, He made it with a 3D printer. He's a high school uh, lad, but a future engineer. Tom Cruise screaming at people on the set of Mission Impossible 7? Yes. What's the record for uh, for for... for... I suppose James Sequels, Bond. James Bond crushes a lot yeah, of those. If yeah. they'd have called him James Bond, yeah, eight, there would have been well, twenty. Right. How many Fasts and Furiouses have there been? Uh, more than the Mission Impossible's, I believe. It's, if you include the the spinoffs, I think more than Mission okay. Impossible. Mission Impossible Seven, all with Tom Cruise though, because with the uh, James Bond, you got like eight different Bonds spread right. out over the decades. These are all Tom Cruise, all-time champ, Hardy Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Or Nancy Drew for you gals. I just did something odd. So we've been working in a near-empty building for so long. Mm-hmm. That's kind of spacing out. So I'm headed towards... Did you the... defecate on somebody's desk again? No, close. I don't um, ever want to see it again! Ever! Tom Cruise was screaming at people because they weren't wearing masks and stuff, and he said it was going to ruin their movie. Um, 
I'm headed to the bathroom, and before I got to the door to the bathroom, like ten <laughs> steps before I got to the door, I started undoing my pants. Oh, oh my! Like you're at home. Like I'm at home. Yeah, exactly. That's we funny. all know where this is going. Because <laughs> I'm so used to <laughs> oh, I'm Charlie Rose over here. Because I'm so <laughs> used to uh, nobody being around. Yeah. I thought, geez, if somebody walked around the corner right now, I'm, I got my pants completely open. Yeah. In the hallway. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. That is, that's crazy. That would have been hard to explain <laughs> if one of the young women came around the corner. I don't think they'd asked you to explain. I think they just would have handed you the cardboard box. Oof, that could have been bad. Nobody asked you, now why did you expose yourself? <laughs> I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. All right. <laughs> we're going to give you, we're, 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 we're giving you the benefit of the doubt. We're going to give you a good, long opportunity to explain <laughs> why you had your pants out exactly. undone exactly in the hallway yeah oh golly i've i've done stuff like that too i'm mr walking along thinking about something walks into the women's bathroom guy uh, i've done that a couple of times and and there's always that chain of recognition this looks different why is there a couch in here why are there no urinals <laughs> and then you think if in the next 5 seconds nobody comes in this will have been nothing in my life. If in the next five seconds a woman does come in, I'm talking to the cops. I'm talking to the boss. I'm fending off rumors for the next 15 years. Of course, honestly, these days, I could just say, yep, I identify as a woman. And everybody would have to take it. Yep. So, anyway, uh, this article uh, posits that Facebook is a doomsday machine. And it's a little overdramatic, but I get her point. Uh, Adrienne LaFrance in The Atlantic. Um, she points out the giants of social media, Facebook and its subsidiary Instagram, Google and its subsidiary uh, YouTube, and to a lesser extent Twitter, have achieved success by being dogmatically value neutral in their pursuit of what I'll call mega scale. Somewhere along the way, Facebook decided it needed not just a very large user base, but a tremendous one, unprecedented in size. That decision set Facebook on a path to escape velocity uh, velocity to a tipping point where it can harm society just by existing. And she points out, okay, doomsday machine's a little strong. It can't level cities. But no single machine should be able to control the fate of the world's population. And that's what both the doomsday machine and Facebook are built to do. The cycle of harm perpetuated by Facebook's scale-at-any-cost business model is plain to see. And this is where she really, I think, makes the case. Scale and engagement are valuable to Facebook because they're valuable to advertisers. These incentives lead to design choices like the reaction buttons that encourage you to engage easily and often. Um, and, and then that really helps them shape their understanding of you. It sharpens their portrait of who you are. So Facebook's incredibly effective at really having a full portrait of you and what moves you, what motivates you emotionally. For instance, you expose yourself to female co-workers. Right, exactly. We know that about Exactly. You. So maybe they uh, show you ads for trench coats. but um, So they get this incredibly thorough portrait of who you are, financially, emotionally, romantically, politically. You know, I could go on and on. Um, the hyper-targeting of users made possible by reams of their personal data create the perfect environment for manipulation by advertisers, by political campaigns, by emissaries of disinformation, and, of course, by Facebook itself, which ultimately controls what you see and what you don't see on the site. Uh, what they're, the, the point they're trying to make, in case it's not clear, is that they are building such an incredibly valuable resource 
that that resource, that honey, will draw the worst bees on Earth because it's so useful. They mentioned that Facebook has enlisted a court of approximately 15,000 moderators, people paid to watch unspeakable things, murder, gang rape, other depictions of graphic violence, to try to get it off the platform. But even as Facebook has insisted it is a value-neutral vessel for material, uh, there aren't enough moderators speaking enough languages, working enough hours to stop the biblical flood of S that Facebook unleashes on the world. Because 10 times out of 10, the algorithm is faster and more powerful than one person. At megascale, this algorithmically warped, personalized informational environment is extraordinarily difficult to moderate in a meaningful way and extraordinarily dangerous as a result. It's like a doomsday machine in that if I can get gang rape onto the platform, and anybody's shown a propensity for anything like that, it will be distributed so quickly and so effectively, it makes a mockery of Facebook's very efforts to avoid it. I didn't know that. Yeah. These dangers are not... So it's up for any time at all. It's It's, it's accomplished its goal. Yeah. Yeah, it explodes across the globe. That's something. Yeah. And finally... And and we'll we'll have a link to this story if you want to read it uh, on your own the the entire thing again it's in the Atlantic so it's eight hundred ninety pages <laughs> not quite but these dangers are not theoretical and they're exacerbated by mega scale which makes the platform a tantalizing place to experiment on people Facebook has conducted social contagion experiments on its users without telling them Facebook is and there are links <clears throat> to if you want to read more about that. Facebook has acted as a force for digital colonialism, attempting to become the de facto and only experience of the Internet for people all over the world. Hmm. Facebook has bragged about its ability to influence the outcome of elections. Unlawful militant groups use Facebook to organize. Government officials use Facebook to mislead their own citizens and to tamper with elections. Military officials have exploited Facebook's complacency to carry out genocide. That just happened in Myanmar, I think it was. Uh, Facebook inadvertently auto-generated jaunty recruitment videos for the Islamic State featuring anti-Semitic messages and burning American flags. They auto-generated that stuff. So, anyway, that's at armstrongandgetty.com. I have Gwyneth Paltrow's gift guide, and I've got Oprah Winfrey's gift guide. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's usually includes something you're supposed to put in you. Mm-hmm. And or something that smells like her, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, yeah, she, the, 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 both lists have stuff that on there. It's way too expensive. I think that's how you get headlines. Gwyneth Paltrow. A $270,000 cake? What? Or even, you know, less expensive stuff like, here's a luxury edition Scrabble set that's made of maple wood and it's $200. Ooh, Judy and I would play that. Why do you it's a need to be spendy? Why do you need to be made of maple? The satisfying touch. A two thousand dollar Ouija board. If you're a rich idiot, a ch- a checkers set that is eighteen hundred ninety five dollars, made in burnt agate marble. Oh, checkers. Okay, chess maybe. Checkers. Um. Um. Is this stuff really true? This is not for the kids. A $75, this smells like my orgasm candle? Well, she oh, that's, put a, you're talking about Gwyneth's list there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she put out one that allegedly was uh, reminiscent of her yoo-hoo. 
for some reason. Thanks for that. Right. <laughs> All right, that's Gwyneth's list. What is he, that? I lit some candles. You got a those plug-in things that smells like your Heine, Gwyneth? Oh, geez. What is this? This is terrible. Anybody who'd give their money to that charlatan deserves what they get. Over on Oprah's list, it's mostly just uh, super expensive, fancy stuff. Um, I, I've seen this before. The, the mirror. This was a craze for a while. It's an expensive mirror that streams unlimited live and on-demand exercise classes. So this is another oh! version of the Apple uh, fitness app, right? Where you you essentially just FaceTime with a personal trainer. This one is just a stand-up mirror, so you're not using a tablet for your portal. You, it's life-size, more yeah, or less. Yeah, yeah, you get to work out in front of a mirror, which is something that's very common. And on that mirror, is uh, it's a smart mirror, I guess, and has... Mm various stats and it's expensive it's 1500 bucks although if it's life-size and it's you know it would get the same reaction i would think as all these zoom meetings we've all been on why will i ever drive over to your business 45 minutes away ever again right to take my my zumba class or my uh you know whatever those various Mm -hmm. exercise uh, crazes that come and go pilates uh, peach butter cobbler pie for 45, 45 bucks that you can order. I want one of those right now. Peach butter cobbler pie. Yeah, you'll be smelling my orgasm after I get one of those. <laughs> seems expensive. That Nobody delicious. wanted that. Seems, this, seems expensive for a pie. Isn't that oh, like yeah, a, it's a chocolate pie. cookie pie? It's a pie cake pie. It's a cake uh, soup. <laughs> I mean... Is it a cookie or is it a pie? One of my biggest arguments on why pie, cobbler pie is better than cake is just if you you can get a ten dollar pie that pleases the entire the entire party. You get mm-hmm. a ten dollar cake. That's a that's a basic you know child's birthday cake. Meh. Yeah, pie is better than cake. Pie is usually better than cake. That's one. There are exceptions where if you get like a Gordon Ramsay German delectable chocolate delight, and yeah, you can get fancy cakes that beat a pie. But a dollar for dollar basis, pie is beating the brakes off. The guy who made our cake for our wedding went to chef school and finished first in his class, Mm. and and that cake was the best cake I've ever had in my life. I remember it was delicious. Now, if I'm just getting done with a steak and I got a nice uh, glass of Cabernet Sauvignon in front of me. Not the first, surely. If I'm at the end of the steak, you just um, lit your orgasm candle, and 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 they bring out one of those like molten chocolate cakes. Oh yeah, yeah, that's 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 heaven right there. <laughs> I got a couple more things from the list and some other stuff on the way. Gwyneth is a weirdo. Yeah, she is. What's wrong with her? Yeah, I don't want any of your smells. Any of your smells? None of them. Not unless you and I are, you know, in candle font. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Bells will be ringing This sad, sad news Oh, what a Christmas This is one of my favorite songs of all time, period Not just Christmas songs This Eagles song This is a good tune My baby's gone I have yep. no Is it a Christmas song? I mean, it mentions Christmas hey, You know... There are several songs that are arguably not really Christmas songs, but people sing them this time of year. Mm-hmm. Jingle Bells is a snow song. It makes no reference to Christmas whatsoever. Hey, you're right. It's a winter song. Hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with singing it at Christmas time. I'm not anti. I was, I'm not that guy. I picked up my son from school the other day, and I was just, for some reason, belted out uh, into music uh, in the car. 
I'm sure he enjoyed what that. What was I singing? <clears throat> it was, uh, oh, uh, it's got no sign of stopping, and we've got some corn for popping. That no, one. Let, us, let snow. us know. Yeah. My son said, why do you know the words to that song? <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, because I've heard it a thousand times, <laughs> including playing it as a disc jockey. It's your culture, boy. Learn it. <laughs> Uh, looking at the Christmas lift. Oh, I was going to get to, maybe I'll get to it tomorrow. It's uh, San Francisco Bay Area, but this sort of thing is happening all over the country. They're looking at changing the name of Lincoln High School. Oh, my God. So now we're into removing Abraham Lincoln from things, but we'll get into that tomorrow. <sighs> wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's, some, that's, well, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Oprah's favorite things of 2020 list. She must get a cut of this, obviously. Oh, how she should. Oh, I, I guarantee it. She sells a lot more of them when it's on her list. Should we have a list? Let's start having a list. Hey, Anson, next year we have a list. We have swag, but it's probably too late to get it in time for Christmas. So. It's at armstrongandgetty.com. Give a gift certificate. It's always appreciated. Uh, you have a T-shirt on the way. Tory Burch face masks. I don't know Tory Burch. Is that a fancy brand? Mm. They're $35 for your face mask. Mm-hmm. House doggy hoodies. These are hoodies for your dogs, your fur babies, as they call them here. I'm not going to call my dog a fur baby. It's for parents out there. Parents with their fur babies. Is this some sort of experiment to see whether you can make me vomit? <laughs> or just close or snap like Tom Cruise? Seventy five bucks for the uh, the hoodie for your dog. That's too much. Baxter would look really funny in a hoodie. My wife puts a jacket on our uh, one of our pugs. The hairless one. And, Is it cold? Uh, I never thought I'd be a guy who owns a dog that wears a freaking coat. A jacketed dog. <laughs> it's indoors in this scenario, right? Uh, no, when it goes outside. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. It does shiver a lot outside. Well, which I don't is whatever. Pugs, You're a dog, I mean, and it's 55 degrees, you'll be all right. You're wearing a fur coat. But I don't know anything about pugs. Near do I. <laughs> uh, some sort of eyelash kit. That uh, features hand also for your dog. <laughs> features hand woven 100% mink eyelashes. Finally, you extend your eyelashes with mink eyelashes. Yes, interesting. Only 60 bucks, though a bargain at that price. We've now entered final thoughts with your host Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I'd be on the list of things I've never concerned myself about is the length of my eyelashes, but I know it's a big deal for some people. You're a dude. Uh, I've known dudes who uh, really, it. yeah. I ought to cut it out. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. They really need to join Fight Club. Uh, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room. It's Michelangelo. Michael, final thought. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of foolish. I just came from the restroom, and I did what I do at home. I was washing my feet in the sink, just like I do at home. <laughs> All right, stop. Well, somebody stupid. walked in. That was embarrassing. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Positive Sean, a final thought for us. A delightful day yesterday as I got to see a movie that I was very much anticipating and watching in 2020, the movie Tenet by Christopher Nolan. I still have no idea what happened in the movie that I watched (laughs) all of. I'm going to try to watch again. I doubt it'll help. Uh, Jack, a final thought to share? We would like to remind you once again, the last show live show of the year for us is Friday, and that's when we do Clips of the Year, and that's always really entertaining. And uh, then, of course, we got a show tomorrow of the last, like, real news of the year, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, My final thought is that I had my final slice of the apple pie Judy made the other day, and it was it was it was one of the best pies she's ever made. It was just fantastic. And I gained no weight, no weight during pie week. That's science. That proves I can eat pie every single day and not lose weight. I'd not gain weight. I'd certainly give it a whirl. Yes. 
sweetheart, if you're listening, crust first. Let's get cracking. I would be interested in how long it would take me to get tired of pie, homemade pie. At what point? At what? How the many days pie in? Pie every week, or you could like switch off. Well, even if it was the same, I don't know how long it would be before I think. You know what? I'm not going to eat a piece of fresh apple pie today. It might take months. Really? <laughs> it might. Well, old simple Jack. I, I think about ten days in, I'd be thinking. Ugh. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four to, a four hour workday. But if you had like a a rotating roster of pies, please. Go to armstrongandgetty.com, uh, would you please? We've got all sorts of great swag. The Air Force mask, the, uh, the the jogging bra. Extremely comfortable, extremely popular. The extra large underwear for men are very, very large. <laughs> put them on your donkey. <laughs> we ought to put them on Brandon the Breaking News donkey. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say... How very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? We are creating thousands of jobs, you Armstrong and Getty.